The end of a life is a sad occasion, but listen as our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us about how the end-of-life services they facilitate serve a role they do not take lightly. But as we celebrate a person's life and even tell funny stories about them, that's a very healing thing. I mean, if you can take a family that's crying, sobbing, and and get them laughing about the person that died. That's very healing. That's a very important thing, you know. I mean, we take our work very, very seriously. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. And here we go with another edition of Dose of Dog, presented by our friends at Embark here in Eau Claire. Check them out all over uh, the Internet, social media, and what have you for all that they have, doggy daycare, of course, uh, dog training as well. And we've got Heather from Embark here. Don't forget, go back and listen to all of the previous episodes we have. We'll probably uh, refresh some of them as well as time goes on because uh, some of the things either change or just, hey, it's always good for a refresh. Uh, Heather, how's it going? It's good. We're going to focus on some holidays today. I know. You brought along a, a guest mm -hmm. with you today. So we've got a guest here. You guys are going to uh, entertain us for the next, entertain and educate <laughs> us over the next uh, 25 or so minutes. So, so have at her. We are entertaining and educational. <laughs> we hope. We hope. <laughs> Yeah, so um, as you all know, I'm Heather. I am a certified professional dog trainer and a certified behavior consultant. And today, I brought along one of our instructors, Don Olson, who is also a certified professional dog trainer. Um, and Don, I, I wanted Don to join us today because she's also a family paws educator, which is her expertise is really kind of dogs and kids. So dogs and babies, dogs and toddlers. And the season that we are approaching is combining all of those things. <laughs> so, um, so we're, we're going to kind of dive into how to keep both parties safe about, um, holiday gatherings and dogs and kids. And Dawn, I think you're going to talk more about the kid end. Um, if that's okay with you, we'll, yes, we'll, absolutely. we'll send that to your way. Um, you know, we, we head into the holidays and Don and I have had, well, all the staff, I think we've had a lot of discussion about about um, how to keep everyone safe at the holidays. And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today, you can go back and listen to some of the podcasts. So um, the ones that I'll probably reference are the body language one, which we talked a lot about body language, which um, Don and I will both tell you is going to be kind of the crux of management and just keeping everyone safe to be an astute observer of body language. Um, and then Don and I did an episode oh, quite a while back, I think it was, on on just kids and dogs, like keeping kids and dogs safe um, together. Because, you know, while we all think it's adorable, there's a lot of safety concerns when you put two kind of unpredictable species <laughs> together. So, um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And, and so go ahead and if you want to go back and kind of refresh your memory on some of those things. So, so I think, I think what I'll start off with is I'll start off with some of the behavior end of it. And then um, Dawn and I are going to talk about kind of what you can do. So some really specific assignments maybe for your family when you're at home over the holidays and not even the holidays, I guess, right, Dawn? Like this would be birthday parties and family reunions and like 
I think any kind of family gathering that you can really think about um, where a dog is present. So, and, and, you know, a lot of the dogs that we're seeing now are maybe dogs that people got during COVID and they haven't experienced family gatherings. And so that kind of becomes a problem. Um, I wouldn't say a problem, just something that you have to kind of mitigate any safety concerns that would come up. So, so you know, if you look at the holidays from a dog's perspective, maybe you have a dog that you got over the quarantine and maybe they haven't been to a lot of parties or um, environments where there've been a little bit of chaos. Um, you know, and the holidays tend to be kind of chaotic. Like people come to the door and everyone's happy and there's excitement. And, and as we've talked about with dogs, like where do behavior problems happen? Usually around moments of high arousal <laughs> and, and, you know, family coming through the door, that is a moment of high arousal. That is an unknown possibly of people coming into the house. Just having people in the house might be kind of weird for some of our dogs because they haven't experienced that before. Um, you know, and we, we, a couple episodes ago, we talked about thresholds and trigger stacking. Um, and the holidays is like a perfect example of what a trigger stacking would look like. So, you know, maybe your dog is, is uncomfortable with strangers and now you have, you know, they're not necessarily strangers to you, but relatives, maybe your dog isn't familiar with, um, you know, men with hats and beards and children that, you know, maybe you're a single person and you've just lived with your dog by yourself. And now there's all these people that they're kind of forced to interact with. So, so, you know, uh, trigger stacking events occur when the dog is repeatedly exposed to something that they might be fearful of, and it all kind of layers on top of one another, and then the dog has this reaction that, you know, people will say, oh my gosh, it happened out of nowhere. I mean, Don, you and I have heard that so many times where people say... I don't know. The dog just bit and it happened out of nowhere. Never happens out of nowhere. Which it never <laughs> happens out of nowhere. Um, the more you look at what prefaced that event, the more you can kind of diagnose what probably went on. So you have an event where maybe people are coming into your house and maybe that's stressful for your dog. That's probably stressful for you too. <laughs> um, and now you have people that are that are unfamiliar to this dog that make it uncomfortable. And now you have, you know, Maybe, um, you know, a lot of food around, which maybe your dog has a uh, problem, you know, being around um, food might be something that, that kind of um, maybe they have some resource guarding issues. Um, your routine is usually kind of off. You know, during the holidays, we have days off, perhaps, and we have, you know, events that might kind of... Um, not allow us to kind of stay in the same routine of walking and, you know, playing time and sleeping and naps and things like that. Um, and, and along those lines, maybe your dog hasn't slept, you know, maybe, um, you know, Uncle Carl was sleeping on the couch where the dog usually sleeps. Um, and that was kind of odd for the dog because they're used to, you know, curling up on their dog bed on the couch or, or in the kitchen. And now grandma's getting up at two in the morning to get to, to make coffee. And, and all of these things are happening in this dog's world that are really unfamiliar. And so all of those things kind of combined can kind of set up a perfect scenario for a dog to have some kind of undesirable reaction. And when I say that, I don't mean that, that, the dog is being bad. I just mean the dog is probably trying to back someone away from a scenario and they're just telling them they're really uncomfortable. And as we know about body language, dogs will give very subtle cues to back dogs away or back people away, but we don't always read those. <laughs> um, as we just said, you know, 
Don and I will tell you most things don't happen out of nowhere. And a lot of these cues are happening that we're just kind of not paying attention to. So um, keeping everyone safe kind of in that scenario is good. So, so oftentimes there are some trigger stacking events that are happening over the holidays where there's multiple things happening. Um, the other thing that is often difficult for dogs is just novel things and new people. So, you know, if your dog isn't used to a lot of kids, I mean, I mean, I remember back when I was a kid and we'd go to my grandparents, I mean, all the cousins would be running up and down the stairs and screaming and dropping food. And um, to a dog that's lived like a fairly quiet life to have that kind of chaos, if they're not a confident dog in that scenario, that's going to be kind of stressful for them. Um, you know, the lack of their normal, I guess I would say routine, which some dogs aren't affected by, but some dogs are really affected by that. They didn't get their normal walk. They didn't get their normal food time. They didn't get, you know, to sleep in their desired location. Um, you know, their, their food bowl was moved because, you know, they put up an extra table there or something. I mean, we have to kind of consider all those environmental things. Um, you know, and then we have to look at maybe physical things. So, you know, maybe grandma's feeding the dog under the under the table and it's getting a whole bunch of, you know, little cocktail sausages or something. <laughs> and maybe that dog has kind of got a little bit of an icky gut and doesn't feel the best. Um, and now it's confronted with a child that makes that dog uncomfortable. And again, all of those scenarios can kind of add up for, for things to be unsafe. Um, so that is always something to consider. Um, and so we're going to talk about what you can do in those environments to keep everyone safe. I mean, you know, I guess, and we'll wait to see what Dawn says, but it's not really the kid's responsibility to understand what the dog is saying. That is kind of our responsibility really as the the adult in that case. Um, so Dawn, what do you think about, so when we talk about like having kids and dogs together, um, what are some things that you think should be kind of first and foremost, or even things that you've planned out ahead of time with the family of, okay, guys, you know, we have, you know, 12 kids staying at the house or even one kid. Like what are some things that we can do to just keep everyone safe around the holidays? Well, kind of playing off of what you just said, it's not really the child's responsibility to mm. interpret the dog's body language. That's absolutely true. So one of the suggestions that I think is, uh, you know, pretty easy to do uh, and and really when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense is assign one adult per child at your family gathering and that adult's job is simply to keep track of that child not only when they're interacting with the family pets but just in general to keep track of that child so they're not getting in a situation that's not safe mm -hmm. but if we have adults that are monitoring children they can watch what they're doing with the dogs or cats I mean same thing mm, with cats truth. the same thing yep. and so they can inter they can intervene and and stop a dangerous situation from happening and gosh, you think about it, and maybe some of these kids, they, I mean, a lot of families have dogs, but maybe they don't, and they have that concept of, you know, a small dog being like a doll, and it should just be carried around, which, as we know, <laughs> is not the truth. <laughs> well, and playing off of that, I would say that um, children that are old enough to understand, and, and I think even four-year-olds could start to understand the concept of be a tree. Mm, um, yeah. So if you have children who are not used to being around dogs and either they're fearful of dogs 
or they're too exuberant around dogs just because they don't have that experience. We like to coach kids to become a tree. So if a dog approaches them, Mm. they stop moving and they just stand perfectly still. They don't flap their arms around. They don't scream or squeal. They just become like a tree. Mm -hmm. And for dogs, that makes the child less interesting, less inviting, and they're more likely to move away. Um, so that's a really good thing to coach children. I'd like to say even four-year-olds can really, I think, begin oh, to yeah. understand that concept. Um, another thing to consider when you're planning uh, ahead for family gatherings is what we like to call grumble or growl zones in your house. And these would be places where the dogs would be forced in close proximity, not only to children, but maybe to strangers that they would be Mm. uncomfortable with. So for example, if you have a coffee table really close to your couch in your living room and the dog is trapped between the coffee table and the Mm. couch and then a child approaches, the dog may feel trapped. And so their response may be a fear you know, a fight or flight kind of situation. Or maybe you have a dog that's laying under the dining room table just to kind of escape um, all the noise and the chaos. And here comes a little toddler crawling, not even necessarily at the dog, but in the vicinity of the dog. And the dog presumes that that child is going to approach. And again, you could end up with that fight or flight response coming out. Well, if you think of those spaces too, a lot of dogs, that's probably where they hang out. Like, just in normal life under the under the dining room table like under the coffee table like some dogs like to seek out those quiet little spaces and so what a kind of abruption to their routine <laughs> absolutely the other thing to keep in mind is uh, children at christmas time are often tired they're mm. overstimulated Um, They often receive toys that are noisy or do weird, strange movements. So just the child themselves could be kind of a trigger for a dog that is really sensitive because maybe the dog lives with grandma and grandpa and it's a nice, quiet situation. And then the grandkids come and, you know, the kids are screaming and they're running and then they've got this noisy toy that's going off. And when we're talking about trigger stacking before, that just is a huge, huge thing to pile on to a dog that's not necessarily used to being in a in a noisy or kind of chaotic situation we had a example of that exactly last night dawn of a puppy in class that had just come into class they had driven here and he was really shut down when he came into the building and we kind of talked about what had happened before that and the son I believe and I might get the story on that it was his birthday and he got a punching bag and you know, they opened it up and he was so excited and he started punching this punching bag and the sound to that dog was really scary and he hid and they had to kind of go get him, drag him to class. And so he was really worried oh. when he got here. And just that, that little sound that we think is, oh my gosh, so much fun. <laughs> like what a scary event for that particular dog. And and again, like you said, to, you know, add on to that trigger stacking of one more scary thing happening. And then that dog's like tolerance to use like a human construct is lowered. Yeah. That's such a good idea or a good thing to consider. Uh, The other thing I would like to, uh, and and most of our audience is probably aware of this, but dogs were not uh, designed or not genetically huggers or kissers. Mm. Oh (laughs) Uh, yes. (laughs) Humans are dorsal to dorsal. We like hugs, but dogs really don't appreciate hugs. And they learn to tolerate them from their beloved owners just because we kind of 
you know, make them accustomed to it, but they may not appreciate the same thing Mm -hmm. from a child or even from a stranger that's at your house. And so, you know, just make sure that um, we're not forcing that kind of um, tolerance on a dog um, in a in an uncomfortable situation because they might lash out and it's not the dog's fault either. I mean, we've put them in a very uncomfortable situation. Um, one of the places that that sometimes shows up is family pictures, mm. you know, because of course we want the family dog and the family pictures and all of a sudden they're in this crowded situation yeah. and somebody's hanging on to them for dear life because they want them in the picture. Mm. And, you know, here's this dog that can't make a choice to get away or whatever. And so we're really putting that dog in a very awkward situation and um, we we can't blame them if they react in a negative yes. way. Well, in a, in a lot of picture situations too, everyone is like, quick, 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 get it together. And you're looking at the camera, you're not looking at the dog and what the child is doing next to the dog or what the dog's body language is saying a lot of the times. I mean, that's why we have, you know, we can, we can, you know, Photoshop that dog in, right? Like a happy picture of the dog. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> and then I would say one other thing that I think would be very helpful is put away the dog's toys and treats while there's people in your home. Mm. Don't have those out because, you know, maybe your dog's got a favorite toy and, you know, your little grandson or your your cousin or something walks over to the toy box and they pick that up and all of a sudden the dog is kind of possessive over that. So to just not even have that happen, let's put the toys and the treats away in another room so that the dog, it doesn't have to feel conflicted about about its its possessions. What about costumes, Dawn? You kind of talked about that. Like, you know, because a lot of people think, oh my gosh, how cute. Like, you know, let's put Santa costume on a dog. And the kids think that's adorable, of course. And we think it's adorable. I mean, we think it's adorable. (laughs) (laughs) We think it's adorable too. But that's one of those pre-planning things you can do is if you think like that's something that you might want to have, Mm -hmm. you can train your dog to appreciate that. You can reward them and treat them and teach them that that wearing that hat or that pajamas or that sweater or whatever is actually a positive thing by associating it with treats but if the last minute you haven't done any preparation and you just slap something on your dog Mm -hmm. that they haven't had a chance to acclimate to or even maybe smell to understand that it's not something dangerous again there's one of those triggers that we're we're adding on to this poor dog who's just trying to survive the holiday gathering so and I would also can say consider if you have a really shy dog maybe you have one of those COVID dogs Mm -hmm. or like me you have a senior dog I have a senior dog at home that's almost 13 years old he would not appreciate a large family Mm -hmm. gathering so in his case I might ask a neighbor if he can come over to their house for a couple of hours Um, I might consider you know putting them in a back bedroom and just making that off limits and make it really comfortable with lots of bedding and toys and chewies I might do that and again prior planning if you know your dog is going to be stressed maybe have a conversation with your veterinarian about a temporary anxiety medication that might help Mm -hmm. them just survive it. Um, You know, there's so many good medications out there and we have knowledgeable veterinarians who can help us with that. So yeah, that's something to pre really pre think about too, rather than Christmas Eve, (laughs) like, holy cow, you know, my dog is growling at everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Like the 4th of July, like something to certainly preemptively consider for your dog. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, and I I think the one thing we have talked about, too, is they don't 
like they should our dogs should not be held to to just be okay <laughs> during all of that. I mean, it's like us, you know, I, I will often ask our, my puppy class people have hear, heard me say this a million times, but you know, how many of you love going to Mall of America the Saturday before Christmas? And usually like three fourths of the class is like, oh God, no. <laughs> and that doesn't make you bad. That just means you're not comfortable in that setting. And maybe you have the quintessential golden retriever that, you know, loves touching and everyone and small children and old people and people with hats and beards and, you know, loud noises, you know, but then you take, you know, the border collie that, that is hypervigilant about an environment and man, that is going to be a really hard environment. And, and I'm not saying either way, you could still absolutely have the golden retriever that, you know, is terrified of children or whatever. And the border collie that loves that environment, but, um, they don't have to love those things. I mean, that they are who they are. And if they're not comfortable, it is our job to advocate for them being comfortable and their safety and all the things that we can, we can kind of help them dive through that. And um, we just have to remember that the dogs depend on us to keep mm -hmm. them safe and comfortable. They don't have the voice to say, I don't like that or whatever, or at least not the voice we necessarily understand. Yeah. If you know how to read body language, they do. So as much as you want to entertain your humans over the holiday gathering, mm -hmm. you want to make sure that your dog is in a comfortable, safe situation as well. And don't expect them just to accept yeah. um, everybody and everything and all the noises because it's just like saying we have to accept whatever happens to us. We're not, we don't like that. And yeah. They don't either. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and so we talked about like how to keep the kids safe and some things to add in, but you know, Don talked about putting the dog in like a safe space. So can they have like, you know, go to a friend's or even have their own room um, and things like that. I mean, we're such big fans of any kind of in food enrichment. So can you, you know, prepare, I mean, the staff here, oh my God, they're so good at like Kong and topple stuffing and marrow bones and everything. I mean, you know, while you're making Christmas cookies, can you say, okay, you know what, we're going to have six Kongs and topples and stuffed frozen items on hand so that if we see our dogs start to get stressed, we don't have to go make one in the middle of the chaos. We have all these things ready to rock in our freezer or in the refrigerator and just say, okay, you know what, you're going to go into this quieter space because you're, you know, you're starting to yawn and we see you lip licking and we see all these stress signals that you're trying to kind of deflect, um, you know, interactions with, with certain people. Can we put you in the space and you can have something kind of soothing to do, lick mats, um, you know, any of those kinds of tools because those are so easy to prepare ahead of time. I mean, I have adult dogs and I usually have at least... I don't know, 10 frozen Kongs and topples in my freezer, <laughs> um, you know, and just ready to go if I need them. But my two seniors are at home right now with their frozen topples when I left yeah. home today. Yes. So, yeah. And so, so providing them with just something, you know, we know that, that, that licking like a frozen uh, lick mat or a topple or a Kong, um, that in itself is soothing to a dog. Just that kind of methodical, um, if they, if they are, are in a room that they're comfortable doing it in, of course, and they're in a space that they're comfortable. But so those are some, some easy, just easy things to prep ahead of time while you're doing everything else, of course. Um, and I think we're going to have another, you know, if check our Facebook page, cause we do have the stuffing workshops from time to time throughout the holidays. And usually before most big holidays, we usually kind of try to roll one of those out. So I think, you know, our top kind of 
if we had to look at our top five kind of things, um, you know, I guess we would say make sure you're meeting your dog's needs outside of that holiday. Are they getting like sniff walks and enrichment and, um, you know, pieces that they can kind of enjoy the day before they go into an environment that might be kind of stressful. And even stable dogs, my gosh, even dogs that are comfortable with that, they still kind of deserve to have those needs met. Um, and then I think like, as Dawn said, advocating for the dog and the child and just keeping everyone safe um, in that situation. So assigning an adult to kind of um, be the the interactor, I guess, to make sure that everyone is safe. Um, and I think one of the gifts you can kind of give yourself as a dog owner too is just to to become really good at reading their body language. I mean that that will tell us everything. <laughs> Usually, that's such a big big piece. Learn to speak dog. Learn to speak dog. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then maybe prepping some things ahead of time, you know, doing some prep ahead of time of maybe having some kind of food enrichment kinds of things on hand. Um, and just the conversations with your family of just, Hey guys, you know, I do have a new dog or a teenage dog or a puppy and they're kind of worried. Um, you know, we just really want to make sure this is, they're successful. The kids are successful. Everyone has a good interaction, um, you know, going forward. So I think that's it. Anything else, Dawn, you'd want to add to our... No, I, I, safety. <laughs> I think just, you know, do some planning and some thought ahead of time. You know, if you know you're having a big family gathering, let's say Christmas Eve, you know, put some thought into not just what the menu is going to be for yeah. the, uh, for the humans and what the humans are going to do, but prepare for your pup, you mm -hmm. know, make sure that your dog is, is going to be safe and comfortable as well, because, you know, that's one day out of the year, yeah. maybe to you, but that the effects on your dog could last a long time because if they have a really scary situation or very uncomfortable situation, they're not just going to get over that immediately. Yeah, so, especially you know, sensitive dogs. Very sensitive dogs and young dogs. So we want to make sure their experience, you know, heck, it's their holiday too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So be their advocate. That is our, our ultimate advice. Um, be their advocate and everyone have a safe, happy holiday. Um, if you have questions about behavior um, or child dog interaction, certainly check us out on Facebook um, or our website, which is EmbarkDog.com.